Welcome, all you creatures of the night and late night prowlers. This is the latest podcast episode in gore and guts, slasher screams and squeals, and all the things which conjure up your nightmare. To be afraid is accepted, but it won't save you from the dangers which leer right over your shoulder and breathe down your neck. When the lights are out and the night is still, the beating of your heart will give away your hiding place. It will find you, and it will not be forgiving. This is Look at me, Damien. It's all for you. That the power of Christ compels you. It's alive. It's alive. It's alive. Don't you blame the movies. Movies don't create psychos. What's blood for? If not for shooting. I'm your number one fan. We all go a little mad sometimes. Welcome back, all you creatures of the night. Thank you, one and all, for joining us. I am one of your many hosts of the show, Matt Johnson. And I'm joined, as always, by the charismatic, the benevolent, uh, Peter Hansen. Peter Hansen and and Lindsay Clark. They're both here in the studio. Thanks, guys. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having us. Are you trying to pit us against each other because you switch off who you compliment? I I'm I not trying like to, to keep us mm, guessing. That's, that's that's a good point. I maybe subconsciously no, it's not a conscious effort at all. But maybe maybe a little bit. I feel like I always used to do that for Pete, and now it's just whichever whichever way the wind blows, I'll uh, I'll throw it throw it their way. But I appreciate um, you guys being here, but also anybody who's listening. Thank you for. Tuning in once again, we're your uh, your terrible trio here at the It Records podcast, and we watched yet again another horror movie. But before we kind of launch into uh, what movie we watched this week, uh, guys, I want to know uh, what have you been watching, horror or otherwise? Welcome to the show. It's time to find out what the terrible trio have been watching. Or who has been watching them. Alright, um, Pete, Lindsay, anybody want to go first on, uh, what you've been watching? Sure. I have no one stalking me at the moment, at least as far as I know. So as far as you're concerned, if they're pretty covers, good at what they're doing. Then yeah, that's you, true. They could be really good. But my life is really boring, so I don't know, like, what they could, like, find entertaining besides, like, seeing someone who watches, uh, TV and plays video games and reads comic books. Yeah, that sounds pretty fun to me. Yeah, but that's it. <laughs> um, so I went to the theater recently with, uh, my brother and my friend. It's my second time in the theater this year. Uh, I saw A Quiet Place Part 2. I liked it. I won't give away too much. I still, I will say this though. I like the first one more. Yeah. Um, I have not seen the second one yet. As it yeah. usually goes. Yeah. I think it's a really good sequel. And I think I wouldn't be mad if there would be a third one. I think there, he's got something good going and I would, I would like to see what he goes with, what he does with it. I also watched. This fucking crazy bananas movie on Shudder called Tammy and the T Rex. Mm hmm. Okay. Uh, what year is this from? Uh, 93, I want to say. I want to say it's either the same year as Jurassic Park or the year after Jurassic Park. Huh. Um, oh, man. The dinosaur effects are not as good, though, if you are shocked to hear that. <laughs> I am, actually, yeah. Somehow Tammy and the T Rex. <laughs> yeah, you know. Steven Spielberg really took a lot from this movie because it had a dinosaur in it. <laughs> this was the inspiration. Yeah. It had Denise Richards and Paul Walker. What? Okay. Now you yeah. got my attention. Paul Walker wears a crop top. I'm in. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think that's all I need. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> um, that's all I need, too. Do you want... You want me to give you the full dish of this movie? because? I think if I tell you it, you just won't believe me. I mean, try us. Okay. Yeah, give, give, before, before you give us the whole dish, 
give us like a log line. Like if you were selling this movie, I, we're Lindsay oh. and I are studio executives and you're pitching this movie. What is this movie? You guys are on drugs, I assume, right? Because that's the only way this movie was sold. Let's go with it. <laughs> we'll allow it. <laughs> They're like, okay, picture this. Dinosaur, teenagers, love. So $50 million. I kind of like it, actually. <laughs> Did you like my... Say no more. <laughs> my character moment. <laughs> that was good. And scene. Yeah, it was great. <laughs> yeah. Stay trees. Um, but yeah, that's, that's, that's the Tammy gist of Tammy, Tammy and the T-Rex. Uh, watch it. I know it gave away probably the best part of the movie, but you know what? Okay. it's, it's in the description of the movie. So yeah, exactly. I didn't, really, I, was I, didn't, say. I didn't really ruin it, but I'm just still watching. I'm just like, Oh my God, they're really doing this. Now, did that take up the majority of your time was rewatching Taming the T-Rex or did you watch anything else since last time? Besides Quiet Place Part 2 and Tammy and the T-Rex? That's right. Yeah, didn't you say you saw another one in theaters? Or did you just see Quiet Place? Uh, yeah, I saw Godzilla vs. Kong okay. uh, earlier this year. Gotcha. And have you concluded Survivor? Or is that still an ongoing No, we're still going we're still going through it. Um, we're pretty damn close. I think we're within five seasons. Oh, wow. Yeah. We're, That's nothing compared to what you've watched. 35 probably, right? Yeah, I think it yeah. is 35. Um, it's like called the Ghost Island, I think. Yeah, it's Ghost Island. We're on the finale. We didn't finish it yet because it's like a two-hour episode, and we like to watch it with breakfast, and then at lunch we also watch Survivor. <laughs> Solid. Yeah, you know, it's just our meal, our meal viewing. Great. Uh, that concludes what you've been watching, horror or otherwise. That's it. That's it. That's all. That's all right. So now we'll throw it to Lindsay. I'm trying to think what you were watching last time. There was one show I know that you said you were. Um, I think it was in his first season, right? It's like yes. a newer show. I can't. I'm yes. blanking on the name though. It's like I related can... to The Bachelor. Uh, is it a spinoff? That is also that is also another thing in my life right now. Um, I'll fill you in. Um, the Bachelorette is back, so I have a couple episodes I need to catch up on on that. But um, yes, that's part of the short lineup that I have. Um, but the series or the season finale of the show I was watching, Cruel Summer, concluded last week. And we got the answers that we needed. I can sleep a little bit better now. And like, I just was like, have you, like, I'm sure this has happened to most people, but like, have you ever just like been very faithfully, like a viewer of a show, you, you know, every week leaves you with more questions than answers and you finally get them, you get the payoff and you're just like, wow, like the rest of your day just revolves around what you just saw and you're not the same. Like, that's how I felt last Wednesday. I watched it at work. I couldn't wait until, uh, so, you know, nobody from work knows about this anyway. So, uh, you know, I was working in case anyone is listening, but, um, I just watched it because I just, like, I couldn't wait until I got home to watch it. I was that, like, bursting at the scenes for answers anyway. So I felt like it really wrapped it up very well. And, uh, that's really it. I listened to a lot more podcasts actually than I watched any TV, so that's really been taking up most of my free time. But the show is like a teen show, and I'm like 29, so I don't know if uh, I'm the target audience, but it is a thriller. Um, and I just I find those types of shows to be the most interesting, you know, the I ones mean, that leave you. I mean, it's the most popular type of show, so don't yeah. feel bad about it because it's like, okay, what do people want to see? Like, it's either like nostalgia for being a teenager or like mm -hmm. you want to be a teenager, you know, it's like, yeah. it's a, it's the easiest show you can do to, to get like a wide audience. That is true. And I think something that really lends to that within the show is the fact that it's set in like 1993, 1994, 1995. It's like pulled throughout three summers. And I think that really speaks to kind of the nostalgia factor that you mentioned too. That. I would say you're probably the target audience then if that's the the, the years so that they're 
Maybe. Yeah. I mean, these kids are like 15 and in high school, but you know, I still feel like I'm in high school. So it's like basically the same thing, right? Yeah. I was trying to remember last time your math. I forget how it worked. We were like, it was, it was all, it's always 2000 or it's always, so we're always, always 2004 in my heart. 2004. <laughs> so we're always I thought, 12 I, I, thought I, would, <laughs> I feel like I was putting like 2010 for a while, you know, like, I remember once That's I right, put like yeah. 2010 and like 2014, I'd be like, whoa, what the fuck am I doing? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, cool. Cruel Summer. That's the name of the show. I forgot it. I can remember the, the, the plot. I couldn't remember that. Yes. I've seen billboards like on the highway for that. And Really? Like, yeah. And I see a lot of Hulu ads. Wow. I feel like they're overcompensating a little bit, but it's working. People are watching. Got to get them in for yeah. season two. They are. Yeah. I mean, it's one of those things where it's like. It'll be interesting to see where it goes. Um, with season two, are they going to do a continuation? Are they going to do kind of a separate, you know, thing? Because I don't know. I think the way that they left it also would have made perfect sense to just leave it. You know what I mean? So I, I, th- I think they have a lot of options. And whatever they do, I think they'll do it right. But it'll be interesting to kind of see where it goes. So that leaves us with you, Matt. What have you been watching? Great. Question. What have I been watching? A lot of TV, a lot of movies. I've, I finally went out, I think, since the last time we talked and went to the theater. I went and saw the first one was Nobody, the Bob Odenkirk movie. Oh, yeah. It's by the same people who did John Wick. So it's kind of a, an action movie, action fighting movie. So that was fun. Only people in theater. So. Love that. Yeah, that was great. Uh, I saw Cruella. I watched Cruella. How was it? I liked it. I thought it was, I thought it was good. Um, I like, I, when they're doing these live action animation or the remakes kind of, or the live action of these. Yeah. I'm not like pumped to see all of them per se, but like Cruella wasn't a movie that they did prior. So it's, it's kind of, I mean, we know she's from 101 Dalmatians, but it's different. So it's kind of, it's a, it's got a new perspective. Yeah. It's kind of yeah, like so, Maleficent when they did exactly. that. Yeah. And I saw Maleficent. I went and saw that one too. Um, so I like those, like you're familiar with it, but it's, it's different enough. So it's, it gives you a different, like a branch uh, in the okay. multiverse, which speaking of that, I have been watching Loki. Um, if anybody hasn't been I watching am a, Loki. I am really liking it. Yeah. Loki comes out every Wednesday. And at, at the time that we're recording this, there's only two out. The third one will Three. come out. Is, well, is today Wednesday? Well, yeah. Very well, today's, today's Thursday. Today's oh Thursday. God. So there was one yesterday. Stop the podcast. I, I got to go watch Loki. I'm behind. Yeah. I'm behind. Yeah. So chop, there's chop. three out. Yeah. <laughs> we'll pick this up later when you're dead. No, we got to <laughs> stop the podcast right now. Pause. He's got to watch the episode. <laughs> yeah. And we'll just put some hold music on in the background so people will sit here the whole night. But Loki, Loki's been on the docket. I've watched that. I'm finishing up Arrested Development again. Um, Ashley had never seen it. So we're watching it together. So that's great. Those are, those are the TV shows that I can recall that I've watched. Uh, movies I mentioned. Courtney refuses to watch it. Resident Development. Yeah, she <laughs> hates hates Jason Bateman. I was gonna say, don't say it. Jason Bateman. Does she say why? She thinks that he's an asshole in, in like, real life or the characters he plays. So like I think it like does it does play like he does always play an asshole, mm-hmm. but I think she also thinks he's an asshole in real life. You can't play an asshole that well and not be yeah. someone of an asshole yeah. in real life. <laughs> and I, I think she's also not like really a huge fan of Will Arnett either. To round out movies, um, two that I watched, one horror related, one not. I finished up Inside, the Bo Burnham comedy special on Netflix. Um, check it out if you haven't yet. Uh, Equally parts funny, equally parts just a weird introspective special. But check it out. It's it. Don't go into it thinking like it's going to be stand up. It's not. But I very much recommend going in to watch Inside. And I've heard it's really good. It is. I mean, it's a lot of music, but it's like again, if you haven't heard of it, he filmed it during 2020 during the pandemic all by himself. Uh, in I think it's his guest house. I don't think he lived in it, but if he lived in it, then he was just by himself in this house for 2020, making a special writing, directing, editing, everything. Um, it's really well done. Um, so it's a good special to check out. One of the 
cooler things to come out of 2020 art wise, like movies. Cause it kind of doesn't really address the pandemic, but does. Cause like clearly, you know, he's like stuck inside. Like he can't go out and do a special like stand up because he never says because of the pandemic, but he says it's 2020. Right. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Everybody uh, understands that. Yeah. You can pick up on context clues, but um, the, the final one I watched was martyrs. The, the French film. Never seen it, but I, I bet you were in for a ride. Yeah, it was. It's it's a tough one. It's definitely. I've been wanting to watch it for a while, and I did. And it's what I expected. I mean, not not entirely because I the first half was a little different than what I thought it would have been. There's definitely parts that are it lives up to what people tell you about it or what you read about it. Isn't uh, so? I've funny enough. I've seen the movie Inside, which is a French horror film. Isn't it by the, the same guy? Uh, is it is Inside by Pascal Laffaire? Or if you're looking at the, the titles, that's the guy who did Martyrs. Uh, it's out. No. It that's looks okay. like yep. it's two two brothers. I was just... Yeah. I, think they're, I think people just compare them to each other, I guess, because they're both it, It's part French. of like the new French extreme extremism. Yeah. It's like a subgenre that came out in like the mid-2000s or so, like around the same time as torture porn movies were coming out in America. Like the hostels and the saws and all those. Yeah, type of inside's movies. intense. So yeah, I watch Martyrs, so um, it's a tough one, and you can't really find it anywhere to watch. So now I own it. Um, but moving on to this <laughs> movie we watched, <laughs> not as intense, that's for sure. Definitely not. And so we'll roll right into this movie. Um, the one we watched for the podcast is the I'll say 2014. I think that's up in the air, depending on where it was released. But 2014 film, Spring, directed by Justin Benson and Aaron Moorhead. That is the one we watched this week. And I believe, if I'm correct, this was Peter's pick. Pete, uh, can you give us a little insight? Why Why Spring? Why uh, Why? Why yeah, out of why? nowhere with this movie? Huh. <laughs> yeah, um, I think this goes back a while. I think it was like maybe... It was funny enough, 2020 Halloween. So we didn't have a Halloween party. So I was feeling pretty down about that because we usually go pretty big for Halloween. And I posted on Facebook a really sad boy status that I says, I lost my Halloween spirit. Uh, people recommend me some horror movies to watch to get it back or something along those lines. And someone uh that's also very into horror movies someone i knew at isu he was like a friend of a friend kind of situation but he he knew a lot about horror um and he recommended this he's just like oh yeah i've i've i really liked there's like kind of like a trilogy of these they're like related to each other but they're not like actual sequels can't remember the other names this is the one i remember (laughs) so i was just like oh yeah i've like i was aware of it never watched it, never had the means to watch it. So I was kind of like, you know, I was like, you know what? Just going to do it. <laughs> this will be my pick, my one-off yeah. pick. Yeah. In case you've never heard of it, uh, anybody out there, I'll just give a quick, real quick synopsis. A young man in a personal tailspin flees from the U.S. to Italy, where he sparks up a romance with a young woman who's harboring a dark, primordial secret. And I'll leave it at that. That's kind of the, this the setup. That's the movie. Um, guy going to, to Italy. This is my first viewing uh, of this movie, uh, as, as well. Uh, hadn't even really heard of this one. So I went in blind, uh, didn't watch the trailer, just went straight into the movie. Um, yeah. Lindsay had, had you seen this one or? Yeah, you know that I know, but I also had not, I had not <laughs> heard of it either. Um, we were kind of discussing, you know, prior to recording that, you know, this movie, while I think the plot is very unique and uh, unforgettable, this movie title is completely forgettable. I kept, I literally kept forgetting it. I, I mentioned that I was writing down the wrong name. I kept writing down Park was the movie that we were supposed to watch. Um, and Close, I had to go look back to the text messages. Really. <laughs> but yeah, so that, that spring, I went into this watch in a shutter. Uh, we can kind of go into, you know, the movie a little bit um, and, and our thoughts on it. But to the setup, uh, we, we begin this movie 
it, there's a young man and it looks like his mother's passing away or she's, she's, he's sick and she passes away in the first scene. Then he's kind of distraught. They went to the funeral, gets in a bar fight that night, an altercation. And that basically kind of sets him up on his way um, to try to get away from the logs so that the cops are going to try to come after him. And he also thinks the guy that he fought is going to try to track him down anyway or sue him. So he comes up with this idea that he just needs to leave. He needs to get out of the U.S. And he just kind of like points on a map almost that I'm going to go to Italy. I'm going to choose Italy. I think his dad, who's also passed away, so he was an only child. He has no real family, no friends, a couple close friends, but no real extended family. We're kind of set up with. Nothing's tying him down there. Exactly. Right. Nothing's tying him down. I think it was his dad's, one of his final things he said to his to our main character that when he came back from college, we'd go to Italy or something like that. I think that was the, his one connection to Italy, but he just decided to go to get a break. And that's your set. That's the start of spring. I question guys, this, I didn't look it up. I should have looked it up. I can look it up, but I was hoping you guys might know the, the main guy in this movie, he looks super familiar. Do you look super familiar to anybody else? Not at all. No, <laughs> but he has a very like, distinct name. I think he looks Lou Taylor like... Pucci or that's his name. Mm, yeah, yeah, that's it. I I feel like he kind of looks like um, what's his name? The oldest brother from Malcolm in the Middle. Oh, okay. I, yes, he, he does. Has, right, he kind of has similar vibes. He Francis. Is, he's kind of I don't know. Like he's kind he's kind of nondescript looking to me. Yeah, he's a very generic yeah. white guy. Um, no offense, Lou Taylor. No, I mean, I, 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 this is, you're going to hear me say this a lot. I didn't find him to be particularly good looking. So mm-hmm. I feel like that distracted me. Like, okay, like. Interesting. I don't okay. know. Yeah, I, I feel like the way he looked bothered me, and I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> okay. He, his character wasn't particularly extraordinary either. At least yeah. I didn't find mm-hmm. him to be. They, I feel like they tried to make him, like, oh, he's a nice guy, and like, in some of those, yeah, and some of like the dialogues that I feel like they're trying to showcase that were just like really awkward, and just like didn't, yeah, didn't like really like the dialogues. Some of that seemed awkward at the beginning. Yeah, it felt like very forced and just didn't really like fit, and like, I don't know. I feel like I wish at. Like, I, they made him too nice, and I feel like they would have made him actually more of a shittier person. I feel like that would have made it better, because, like, at least, I don't know. To me, he was so blah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's true, and I think what part of that comes with, I, I felt like the dialogue was kind of, I don't know, awkward or weird at the beginning between everybody, and it was kind of rushed. Like, I feel like maybe because the movie set up, it was kind of slow-paced where he was sitting with his mom, and she was telling the story about the... Was it the gift cards or the greeting cards being confused yeah, or switched up with the flowers? And it was kind of a somber moment and slow. And then we kind of got into these like these real like foul mouth bar guys. And it was really the fight breaks out. And then and the his, like the barkeeper, he was like, sorry, to inter- do you want to finish your thought? No, I mean, that was, that was basically <laughs> it. It kind of was like, I don't know, it was just jarring a little bit. Um, like after the fight, he's like. That was fucked up, man. You know, you know what? That was fucked up. I just fucking cleaned up four teeth back there. Yeah. I don't know why. I just thought that was a very weird thing to say. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it, specific. Like, <laughs> like he felt like he just didn't know what he was saying. <laughs> the improv that line. Yeah, yeah. like come out and just say you like, cleaned something up. It was just like a very weird moment for me. <laughs> mm-hmm. Maybe they're just trying to quickly move through this exposition of you know. He doesn't have anything to keep him here. You know, his parents have passed. Uh, he was an only child. He just got fired. Just got fired <laughs> from from getting in that. He got in the fight at the bar because he was the cook at that bar. Um, so he got fired from his job. And then, now the police are hunting him down. And but and then the guy who he got in a fight with, they thought might come after him with baseball bats. So really, just trying to move to get him to Italy. I feel like trying <laughs> trying to get him there as quickly as possible to move the story along. But to Lou Taylor Pucci, I hope it's Pucci. I'm pronouncing it because it's spelled like Tucci, but with a P, uh, like Daniel Tucci. So I hope it's Pucci. Um, he was in the remake of The Evil Dead. Was he? 
Yeah, he's the guy with the long. He's got really long hair in that one. It's been a while since I've seen it, so I don't remember. But I'm just shocked that he's in that. Yeah, I mean, he looks from. I think it's his eyes, like he, he that are like the most striking to me. Is he? That, is he like the boyfriend or something? Because now things are starting to like, the turn in my head. Because I remember for Valentine's Day, Evil Dead was like doing like promotional like funny things for. Um, and they like I I like I first loved you when I first saw you, and I believe it's him holding a chainsaw, and he's like sawing someone, and there's blood everywhere. So it was like a little vol- like Valentine's Day post they did. It, and I sh- and I it sure- could have been him. <laughs> I'm not sure. I'd have to go check the marketing materials there. Let me let me scope my Facebook. Uh, yeah, in the memory or whatever you want to call it. <laughs> Basically, from there, we go to he goes to Italy. Um, which I think that that's kind of where it picks up more for me. Um, that he, he's basically just wandering, right? That's, that's where he, we start off. He wanders, he finds two, two English gentlemen. I think maybe one was Welsh and he kind of yeah. road trips with them to wherever they're going, wandering, um, throughout Italy. Um, yeah. And then he meets, maybe the inciting incident is he meets this woman at a bar. That he first he sees her on the talk. street. They like That's right. That's they make right. eyes at each other. They make they make eyes at one another. Oh, and one thing I wanted to bring up then around this time is, you know, as they're like traveling across across the country with these these English guys or the Welsh guys, I don't know if you guys noticed it or maybe it was just me. If there's a lot of jump cuts in this movie. Yeah. Like moving I did notice that. from like even when they were like in the same room, it just seemed like there were like quick jump cuts. I don't. It's kind of it wasn't too distracting, but I definitely did notice them. As they I noticed were. it at least, yeah, especially when those guys were around. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was like two or three times. I want to say I noticed it, and I thought that was very weird. I thought it was like maybe a choice, but it kind of seems like it wasn't a choice. Yeah, I wonder if they were just like improvising a lot of those. Like some of the scenes where they're just like shooting Evan the main character and those guys are in the background. I feel like maybe they're just improvising to get like a shot of them wherever they were. And they would like, when they cut, when they edited it, they were like, Oh, this is good. And this line's good. And that's like why you get the jump cuts, but it didn't really serve any other purpose then. Yeah. That's probably the scene together. I think that's why it happened. I don't really know if this was like a low budget movie or anything or an indie movie or at all. Or I think it was pretty low budget. Yeah. I feel like horror is pretty low budget, especially if, it, I mean, this was, was it Draft House that, that made this movie? Yeah, that sounds right. Draft House? Yeah, distributed yeah, by even, Draft, Draft House. Film I don't even know film who that buff. is. What well, I think, is Draft House films at all related to the movie theater's Alamo Draft House? I, when, when I saw the logo come up, it reminded me, do you guys have Alamo Draft House? In- we don't have that no. here. Okay. They're, they're here, at least. Um, and maybe it's more of a West Coast thing. They're movie theaters. They're, it's a movie theater and they usually, they'll play recent movies and you can get food and drink and stuff, but they play a lot of independent stuff, a lot of older films. Like I, I saw Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and 35 millimeter there. I saw Hellraiser, the original 35 millimeter uh, at, at an Alamo draft house. So they do a whole bunch of stuff. I just didn't know if they're a film studio and like they're producing potentially movies as well as just showing them. I mean, it's possible, right? Well, Pete, I, I was just wondering since you you're a Bl- you were at Blumhouse that if they were a rival or anything when it comes yeah, to it's horror films. Yeah, it's funny you say that. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Jason's acting like he doesn't even know me. He's like, he's ignoring my calls and he's threatening to get lawyers involved and everything. Like, I I don't know what I did. He's like, I don't know, Peter Hansen. What the, get the fuck out of here? Why he, he turns the cold shoulder? Yeah, yeah, after after all I've done for him too. So it was pretty upsetting. I'm I'm tearing up right now at the moment actually. I'm sorry to hear that. I pop- <laughs> I knew you guys are close. Yeah. I went to his bar mitzvah for God's sake. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry for the falling out. I guess I'm yeah. sorry I brought it yeah. up. I just sorry thought you might have some loss. insight on Blumhouse and Drafthouse. I apologize. Well, I'll try to get off that sore subject. Sore subject. They won't bring it up. Any longer, but as we're talking about the movie that we get introduced to, is it Louise? Is that her name? The main female? 
Yeah. Protagonist. That is her name. I found that out after the movie. Um, when I was looking some things up, but I mean, that's just, I never know anyone's name until after the movie's over. So, yes. Okay. Yeah. I, 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 I couldn't picture her name like in any of the scenes. I had to look it up on IMDb. I could completely blanked on her name. I don't remember him. Like there was no Stella moment for him yelling out. Right. Louise. <laughs> but he sees her, they make eyes and then he sees her at the bar. And basically she just says, uh, let's, let's come home with me. Sort of let's leave right now. Um, and he was trying to hit on her just to hit on her. I guess that was his end game. I'm assuming was what she asked, but she just wanted to get out of there and he was confused. Yeah. She, she was very like straight to it. And he was like very caught off guard. And he's just like, you don't want to get coffee first. <laughs> it's like, I'm going to, I'm going to um, take you to coffee tomorrow. No, it's gotta be right now. <laughs> well, yeah, very quickly, like it kind of moves toward like him wanting her to go out with her, with him. And she's like, just like, nah, I don't do like, I'm not, I'm not going to do that. And he's very persistent. This happens like over the course of what a week, maybe this movie. Yeah, I think it's yeah. supposed to be seven days. So yeah, yeah so I'm he moves- type that just takes no for an answer. But he's not—he's not too pushy about it. He's just, like I said, persistent. Yeah, it didn't come off creepy. I think yeah. he was just like, um, surprised and like wanted. I think like since he was like genuinely attracted to her, wanted to. I don't know, get to know her at least a little bit. And he's not like stalking her either. They don't set it up like yeah. that. He just happens to run into her when they're out in. Yeah, see, they made him too nice. That's what I'm saying. Like, it's just like, I wish you, there was like a, some, ba- a bad bone in his body, side. but there's, yeah, but there's not. And it's just like, it's weird because I feel like I kind of got, since like, I feel like the forefront of this movie is like the love story, which I feel like kind of misses more than it hits. Um there are some good moments, but like it kind of reminded me a little bit of like let the right one in where like the focus of that movie is like their relationship and the horror is kind of like in the background. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's how this movie was. Absolutely. Where like that's um and y- you don't like when I was watching this, I was like Man, is this going to be considered a horror movie? Am I gonna am I gonna have another one that's going to get redacted from the It Records library because it didn't have enough horror moments in it? But then finally, when it went on along, I'm like, and I think right when I said that, it like, you see her like look different when after the first um, hookup, and I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, I had a very similar experience to you right around that same time. Same, I was shocked. I I didn't know what was coming, and then it was like she's waking up and she's looks completely different i was like huh okay this so this is the movie we're watching okay and that's like right after they do sleep together um which is like what a couple maybe a day or two later but um the descriptions like, and like how you read it they're like when they finally sleep together it's like bro it's been like 48 hours <laughs> yeah it was but pretty okay. quick but yeah. i feel like it, it took a long point in the movie yeah because like it was like I honestly want to see like almost at the halfway mark, like I yeah. say like, that sounds- like 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 pushing forty five minutes before you get yeah get the reveal that like there's really any horror like yeah. the horror it's it's gonna be like a a body horror movie um, right that that's what this is gonna be I I wouldn't I did not think that's where this was going um, so I was kind of pleasantly surprised when I saw like that's that was the twist quote unquote when she woke up. The next day, but I was kind of kind of trying to piece together prior to seeing that what was going to happen. And what I mean when I say that is, there was a lot of shots prior to that scene and throughout the rest of the movie that of like the fruit tree and then like insects. Like there was the one of the, the close up of the spider and like the scorpion yeah. and the worm on the ground. And I was like, okay, where is this and that going? weird like centipede? I want to say maybe not a centipede, but it was like a really large like insect. Around this is later in the movie, but it's like mm-hmm. around like spoiler alert. She does like a sacrifice to like try and control her uh, transformations with the and it's like you see that really creepy bug like outside the cave or whatever the hell she's at. Yeah, so 
I thought was like, oh, is she going to be some creature transforming or like it was all insects at first, which she kind of is. I mean, it's like she's morphing like she and she is a creature at like one point or we see something. Um, so that's something to get into. Um, she's some sort of creature. We see her like changing like her body is like at some points it looks like it's decaying and she takes these shots yeah. to kind of make her look like a normal human. And then there's other times where we see in this movie that she's like a full blown creature. Like one's an octopus looking thing. And the other one is like a reptile scaly. Thing. Almost got like a mermaid vibe from one of them. Yeah. And like when I think one of her close-ups, I thought I was like, Oh, is she a werewolf? Like it kind of like reminded me of like a werewolf transformation scene. So I wasn't, I think like, she kind of explained it very quickly what she was. She was just like, it's like, oh, it's something from like our evolutionary process or I forgot what she said. Cause she's like a scientist. Like she, that's like, she doesn't like believe in anything but science. Right. I think yeah. She said I wasn't that. sure what we were seeing half the time. Like when she was uh, evolving or like, you know, I think whatever. just like a maglamation of like a, a couple different creatures. I think you're not supposed yeah. to really know what she is. Cause it like, it, I kind of got like, I thought we were going to see four, like she had like one part of her body was like a different animal. Like she just had like four different parts to her is what I was going to assume, but we didn't get that. In this yeah. Way. And by the way, like she has this syringe to kind of keep herself like looking human, you know, cause she's got these like little, like, you know, uh, I don't know what the right word is, but she'll start to transform like the morning after, you know, they wake up and she leaves because, you know, she's got to take care of business. So we see that that's kind of how she keeps her human form in check is with these syringes. And it seems uh, like she said that it happens more often. Is We learn this later in the movie that like during the end of her like life cycle. So she has like, I think she said like 20 year life cycles with like that specific DNA. And I know I'm like jumping a lot here. So sorry that I'm like <laughs> jump into this plot uh, that she like, that's why she has sex with somebody so that she can like continue to reincarnate herself to an, uh, it's like 50% of that person's DNA. She becomes like just an entirely new person after 20 years. And she's like 2000 years old or some shit. After getting pregnant, like she, like that's a very uh, important detail. So yeah, yeah, that kind of helps her, I guess, with, with whatever the embryo cell process, whatever. Um, but yeah, like dude, you know, finds the syringe, asks her about it. I don't think she answers the question, but then like she breaks up with him. Now again, it's been what three days or something like that, a week, whatever. I don't know. Yeah. But um, she's like, I can't do this. You know, I'm not in love with you. And, you know, um, that's that. And, you know, I mean, he takes it pretty well, I think. Like, he, you know, he he didn't want to hear it, but, you know, he left. But yeah. then, like, but he came back. Yeah. Like, the only thing that was, it's like when he said... Yeah. That you're the love of my life or whatever. Right. <laughs> like, I, I, like, rolled my eyes super hard at that point. I was like, oh, my God. How could you not? <laughs> yeah. But then that he was comes in the... back and he, like, sorry, what, Matt? No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Um, He comes back and he, like, sees her in one of her forms. And then, you know, he's, like, pretty freaked out by that, obviously. And then he leaves. And then she follows him. And then she explains what's going on. And uh, it's just like, whatever ride. Yeah, you like have to explain when you like, That's the true. guy comes back to your house after a breakup to potentially, I don't know, proclaim his love again. And he walks in on you and you're half human, half octopus, mermaid creature sprawled on the floor. There's some explaining to do. That's true. Out, even outside of the relationship. Just what did I just witness <laughs> on a human to human level? What was that? Like, because he he stabs the syringe in her, so she becomes her normal self again. And then yet she explains she's like two thousand years old, but basically every twenty years she has to recreate herself by getting pregnant and using the cells and the embryo to recreate a new person that's like fifty percent the other yeah. person and fifty percent whatever else she's she's had in her cells for the past two thousand years. 
Yeah. And he very quickly, and there's a moment where he's skeptical and he listens and he's kind of, he's walking away, but he's listening and he, he calls Tommy on the payphone and Tommy's super high. Um, so he doesn't yeah. really listen to him. What's he going to do? I didn't, I didn't get that. I, I think like, that was just, just like, listen, man, <laughs> I got a girl pregnant. He's like, oh, you just smoked a ball. I'm sorry, man. Like, have fun. <laughs> yeah. Why? Why is that there? <laughs> it's a very awkward scene, but I, the only reason I could think of why they put it is because they wanted to reiterate that, hey, remember, we, we know he's, we've been with this guy for a while and he's falling in love with this person. He doesn't have anybody. The only person he has is Tommy and Tommy's always loaded. Um, just so you remember, because literally after that phone call, he goes back to uh, Louise and is like, you know what? Who cares? Right? Like, I'm here. I'll stick it out. Let's do yeah. this thing. Let, give me some more details into your history, but you know, love is I, blind. Yeah. Yes. I want to stick it out with you. And they basically from there, it, I think if I remember correctly, is they, uh, they spend the next couple of days together and the last night kind of traveling to certain places, Naples, um, and spending every moment they can until the sunrise of the seventh day where she's supposed to transform. And in that moment, she could potentially kill him, I, I believe, because she can't control herself when she's in that transformation state. Yeah, she said that the transformation is going to be really big. Like, so I just said, I, I was imagining, oh, she's going to be like a giant Cthulhu creature or something when she like fully transforms and then turns into an entirely new person. Yeah. Is what so, I expected. She says like she can't control it. And this is a big thing, too, is that she says she'd never give up her immortality for anyone. And so, you know, we got Evan here proclaiming his love for her quite a few times. And she's like, I'm not in love with you. And, like, she's very, like, firm on that. And he keeps, like, asking her. And so, like, for her to fall in love, it, like, releases that hormone, like, oxytocin. And then that, like, disrupts her whole process. Like, she will not be immortal anymore and you know i find it interesting with evan like being somebody who has suffered you know the loss of both his parents now you know as they're sitting there kind of as the movie is coming to a close he's like talking about why being mortal is actually this really great thing you know for all these different reasons and um you know she apparently is in love with him because we come as the sun rises the next morning and uh, she's still there. Yeah. That's what I, I took from it is that she fell in love with him because it's, it's, it's still her. You hear like when he's telling her all this amazing things about being mortal, you hear this sound of like, it seems like she's transforming. You can't see her. And then the volcano goes off, which is the, they're right by the ruins of Pompeii. Correct. That's, that's a point to bring up. That's around where they're at. That's um, where I, I I didn't remember them saying Pompeii, but then I was able to pick it up when she showed like her family. This uh, scene we forgot to mention, like they died there. Like, yeah, yeah I said, oh, they're there. I'm like, oh, I guess they're in Pompeii. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, the volcano goes off. You hear the the grotesque like transformation sound, but you look down and it's her still. And the movie concludes. So I took it that like the oxytocin blocked the immortality cell embryo stuff from happening and she's now mortal. Um, which, although, leads me to question, and this is a pondering question, she got this ability because her mother, she says, had it. Her mother was like her. And her mother gave it up for her father. And she had her, Louise. They had Louise and she was born and it was passed on to her. And her mother died because she became mortal. Now, if Louise is mortal, if she fell in love with heaven, she's still pregnant. Um, does yeah. now their child is now one of these mutants. Um, I would assume, I would assume that. Yeah. So the that cycle will continue. Very, very fair assumption. I think another thing I wanted to mention before I forgot was that he made like a, I think he made like a, actually a really solid friendship with the farmer, uh, yeah. older man that he let him stay there for work. So he like tended, the, you know, the land with him or whatever. And I feel like he kind of gave him some like old man advice. And I think the, the final thing that like 
why he decided to stay with her is that he saw him in town and he was like grieving over his wife still. Like he had like a picture of her and he was like at some corner and he was like looking at him while listening to Louise. And I think that was like, he's like, you know what? I'm going to go after love. Or I think that was like a deciding factor for him. That's a good point. He, I think he, yeah, he was like crying over that picture. That's a good point. There was Tommy and then there was, is it, I forget the, the farmer's name, but I did like his character or the relationship. Yeah. I liked it too. He worked on that farm with him. I did like, I think the last scene that they were actually in together talking was when the immigration police were coming for him. And yeah. Which I was confused by. I, I think Evan was, he's not a citizen and he didn't have the correct papers to be working in this, the country. Like he was just on a passport or like a traveler's visa or whatever it is. And he can't, he can't be working. Um, so I'm, I'm guessing oh, that's what it is. Cause he so was paying since- him to work on the farm and that would be under the So I thought like he was just getting like an, there was like just an understanding. Like he's just like, Oh, you work here. You get to stay here kind of thing. So I didn't think there was any kind of like money involved. So I didn't think that there was like going to be an issue. I, I I don't think they ever actually said specifically that he was paying him, but I took, took it that they were because he was just a, a cook at the bar and he had mentioned to Louise, he's like, well, that's, that's all my paycheck that I haven't got yet. So like he's, yeah. he's basically traveling without money. So I feel like when he worked, went to the farm, he was trying to get some money so he could just do stuff around Italy and possibly get back. So even though it wasn't explicitly said, I feel like that's why he was working there. But I just like that scene where he's, he's a soft spoken older man. And I just like when he's like, who's that immigration? Should I run? See. And he's like, he just takes off running. <laughs> Doesn't yeah, have a lot to say, baseball. but he's wise. Yeah. yeah. Run. <laughs> Well, if that concludes kind of our thoughts on the movie, kind of moving to trivia and production, does that uh, wrap it up for you guys? That sounds good. Yeah. All right. You made it. They finished discussing the plot of this terrifying movie. Onward to the fun bits of trivia and production for this film. All right, Lindsay, you heard the man. Do you have any trivia or production for spring? Yep, that is my cue. Um... Not a lot to be found on this movie, as it turns out. Um, so I have two things. Now, this might seem a little obvious, you know, especially as we've talked it through a little bit. But, you know, the title of the movie is Spring. Yes. So when Louise tells Evan her uh, secret, the timeliness of it is no coincidence, um, since the spring equinox symbolizes sort of a restart, a rebirth. Um you know, it's used as a metaphor for her transformation every 20 years. So um, I thought that was a nice tie-in, um, kind of subtle. But And then the only other thing I really was able to find that was somewhat interesting. Um, so the premise of this movie, according to the directors, Justin Benson, who also wrote it, and Aaron Moorhead, um, it's kind of like somewhat of a response to Anne Rice's, um, you know, very acclaimed vampire um, Chronicles, they wanted to create a story about a creature, quote, who actually enjoys its strange condition. That's from IMDb. Um, so, yeah, that's really about it. But uh, I think they succeeded in that. That's cool. I didn't know that. And I think yeah. I'm not going to spoil my Defender Destroy, but I think that's that sums up better, like, kind of what I liked about the movie is, like, yeah, she's a creature or a monster of some sort, you know, in the terms of the movie. And she really did revel in it. Like she, I'm not giving up my immortality for love. Like you seem right. great, Evan, but I love, I know this can, be, I can look grotesque at times and it's going to be, you know, sometimes the transformations can be painful, but like, I love being immortal and I love this life that I live. And yeah, there's hiccups along the way, but I enjoy it. And yeah, she wasn't, when she did attack people or animals, it seemed like it was almost primal or, or instinctual when she was that creature like it wasn't she didn't enjoy those parts where like she like had to do it for survival almost so she never really seemed evil even though she's like a you know presented as a creature of some sort and the one time that where she was like that one like very obnoxious like american tourist was like assaulting her and then she killed him <laughs> yeah i thought at first he was like going to be he was going to have some redemptive quality. Like there were, cause yeah. he was talking about his gigantic cock you know, uh, earlier. I don't know if you remember that scene. There's 
I thought he was going to have some redemptive quality of like, he saw her or this person in, in, in the alleyway. And at first he was like, I got a bunch of weed or whatever. And I was like, oh, maybe he's going to be nice and like try to help this person or, and then no, it just turned into, he just wanted to, his own selfish desires came through. I thought the exact same as you. I was hurt and disappointed by that time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The Americans. Guy wearing a making flag. Uh, yeah, he's wearing shorts. A, yeah, he's wearing the whole American like, flag. You, expect, you expected better out of him. <laughs> fair, fair. Well, I think otherwise, this movie. I don't know what the budget was, but I know box office. I saw was like forty nine thousand dollars. Was forty nine thousand? So that's relatively low. I don't know how. I'm sure it didn't make back the money. I feel like the movie. I would assume point. that's it like was, digital. Rentals. It was a- limited release for whatever reason okay well that makes sense then that so yeah wouldn't, it might have been yeah look uh, limited release here through draft house films and video on demand so i bet it played in potentially draft house like alamo draft house if you went during like a festival or something um they made it and aired it there so maybe they made back what they needed to but the only other thing it did get some accolades like i, I know it's, it's high on like rotten tomatoes i believe but the director won uh, or no, they won directors to watch at the Palm Springs International Film Festival for this movie. These two guys, uh, Justin Benson and Aaron Moorhead. And then <laughs> at the Austin Fantastic Fest, uh, Lou Taylor Pucci got Next Wave Award for Best Actor. Um, wow. So th- they they were really enthralled by Evan's performance, contrary to our, our review. But <laughs> alas, uh, we can kind of then, I think, uh, roll into the... The penultimate portion of the podcast, Defender Destroy. We've reached the conclusion of the podcast. Congratulations on making it all the way. You have one final challenge. The terrible trio will decide whether this movie passes the test. Choose wisely. Defend or destroy. I think that's. Oh, what's that, Pete? So I was gonna say, what kind of demon did you have to hire to to record that for you? Um, it was tough. It was a couple different demons. I couldn't get them all in the studio at once, so I had to, you know, parse it out over the course of uh, two weeks or so. Um, I got Zoltar in there. Um, Is he getting residual I, residuals for this? Every episode, yeah, he gets. Yeah, he gets twenty five cents every play. Um, <laughs> But I think what we do with Defend and Destroy is the person who picked it to defend or destroy, destroys it first. So That's true. Pete, do you have a, any thoughts? That is me. I do have a few thoughts. Um, for me, I would say I was actually a little disappointed with this movie. I think I expected – I don't know what I expected, but I expected a little bit more. And I don't know if that was just like – you know, if the main focus – like is the romantic story that's totally fine but i feel like we didn't have enough of that to really justify like its lack of horror and like and then like the whole and on the flip side the horror wasn't like there was too little of it which is effective but i wish it was like more of a slow born where like in the last like 10 minutes is like fucking crazy like that's what i like i feel like you know, it didn't give me enough of that. And then like, and then another fault I would say is that I was not crazy about the main actor. You know what? He looked weird. I don't know. He wasn't mean enough. They made him too nice. Whatever you want to say. Stint. I wasn't vibing with the guy. So you got in that bar fight. What more did you want? I don't know. Some character. I don't know. Some kind of interesting quality. <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm I'm with you. Uh, so it's a it's a it's a destroy for me. That is one destroy. Matt, you take I'll, it I'll, next. Yeah, I'll go next. So I had no idea going into this movie what it, what it was going to be. I would say um, wasn't was not expecting. So that was interesting. I was kind of excited that it was like kind of a body horror movie. I wasn't really thinking it would it would take that turn. So that was interesting. I do wish though it would have potentially done more of that. In the transformation scenes, I do feel like it kind of shied away from that. Maybe what you were talking to, Pete. Uh, we got little glimpses of it, but it, the biggest one I think was the, like the octopus scene where she's 
where he walks in on her. That's kind of the biggest yeah. one that we I see. I for sure agree. And it looks cool. It's all practical. As far as I could tell, it was practical looking. Um, it looks, I, it looks good. It looks really good. Yeah. So kudos to them for that. But I do, I will agree with Pete. I was hoping for a little, maybe more of that body horror and, and the, the moments I didn't, I didn't really feel a lot of tension or like that Evan was really in harm's way. Even in that scene where like she was kind of transforming in the chapel and the, that tail was behind him. Like, I feel like that was meant to make you feel like it might attack him. Uh, but kind of comedic in a way. Yeah. It was like almost like, like a, a joke setup. Yeah. Cause she was talking the whole time about, Oh, is there something on my face? And it was like transforming. And I, I do applaud, uh, the, the, the idea of the movie. And like Lindsay said, the whole idea of creating a creature that is okay with its own immortality or its own faults and when I, I like that premise i do though think i will de- destroy spring i was hoping for a little more of the body horror a little more of atmosphere tension just a little a little more of something it, it was more of a romantic film it felt a little like. more old man i feel like he i liked him if yeah. i had more of him i could have given it more points or even more of louise i also liked her too like okay well i'll round us out like I said, I did find it interesting how the movie confronts like the mortality versus the immortality thing. Um, you know, with Evan grappling with the loss of now both of his parents and then he meets this girl who's literally immortal, you know, like it couldn't get more different. Um, and so, you know, we definitely have a lot of romantic elements more than horror, you know, though we do get that sci-fi horror element later in the mix. Um, but it definitely wasn't screaming like horror movie to me up until that point. And I can't really compare this to anything that I've really ever seen before. It's a unique kind of love story entwined with the horror element just a little bit. I'd never heard of it um, before. And uh, I wouldn't have chosen this to watch on my own, but I could say that about a lot of the movies that we watch in this podcast. Um <laughs> I'm glad we watched it. I actually um, lean more toward a defend on this one as a whole, not as a horror movie, um, though, but in general. So we'll call it a defend for you? Yeah. Let's do okay. that. Yeah, okay. that's fine. Yeah. That, that's a good point. Like, I feel like I would recommend this to people, but if, if it's going on, like, the horror genre, uh, I, I'd be hard, like, I'd be like, there's some scary, or some, like, moments in it that might seem off-putting, but, like, if you if you would go watch like Seven or something like that or you know like people I feel like watch that and it's like a psychological thriller there's like a lot of gore and stuff in that where like there's some moments in here that seem frightening but I wouldn't completely call it horror but I, yeah, I recommend it. It's weird for me because like I feel like it's kind of like um almost more sci-fi in a way like in a very like low sci-fi I don't even know how to like describe it because it's like just very little bits of it even in there and it's like well if i want to recommend something like that i would recommend like a different movie it's just like there's like there's nothing like particularly bad about this movie it's just that it's not like like you said like my first choice of it like oh a great example of you know body horror the fly you know it's just like bug or you know anything by Cronenberg. <laughs> yeah, but uh, that's a good point too. But I also like that you chose a more modern movie. Which that's true. Someone's like trying to do something different. And I really appreciate that. And I really enjoyed watching it um, for sure. Like people just making something that's a little different. Um, maybe not like, as you were saying, like the movie I'd suggest for body horror or for sci-fi or anything like that, but definitely something different. And it was fun. Well put yeah, together. That's, yeah. That's a fair point. Yeah, so kudos to the guys who directed and wrote it. It's a good, it's a good movie. Just keep making independent movies. Um, anyway. Definitely better than The Void, which I feel like had like similarness to it. Like it was like body horror, and it had a lot of body horror, and it was like a lot of good special effects, which we also destroyed. And I think this movie is better than that. Literally, I don't even the remember page. The Void. It's pretty forgettable. We did it in 2017. Because it was like back to back, we did the void and then starry eyes. If you guys remember those, were like they were like yes. recent releases around that time, like newer movies. And like newer. Belco experiment was around that time too. Yeah, yeah. When we 
when we when we watched it at least not when it came out kind of thing i am constantly getting the Belko experiment and the void confused like i keep thinking that they're the same i think movie. we did a, i think we did it like back to back yeah that's pretty close i want to say well that then wraps up our defender destroy no unanimous either way uh two destroys and a defend for spring if you're looking to watch i know it's on shutter did pete you say you saw it on hulu is that where it's you're watching so, so it's accessible, and I'm sure you can rent it as well on like Google Play or uh, it's not on Netflix, but you know, Shutter, Hulu, you can you're able to find it still. So check it out if you enjoyed what we talked about. But if not, you know, till next time, get at us on Facebook and Twitter. We we have them. We're on social media. Look at our website. Let us know what you're thinking. If there's any mini episodes or full length episodes that you want us to do, we'll probably be doing like a themed episodes soon because we just did some one offs here of like our favorite picks. We did, um, but in the past we did Wes Craven. We did psychological horror. We'll probably be doing another one of those soon. So if you have any suggestions, let us know because then we can do some of those. But until then, um, I'm Matt Johnson and I will remain in the shadows of the volcano. I'm Peter Hansen and I am not turning into a amalgamation of creatures because I am mortal. I'm Lindsay Clark, and uh, bye.